When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back to Watch Less, Complex's podcast about movie and television culture. As always, it's Cal, Deputy Editor for Pop Culture here at Complex. The homie Fraser Tharp is on the line as always. Yes, sir. It's a little different. I mean, if you're living in the world right now, you know that uh, Corona rules everything around us. If I don't, people don't realize, like, if South by was going on, we wouldn't even be here this week. Nope. Dark week and down there getting some fire guests. We we had a lot of content we were trying to get down there, but uh, that got deaded. And then pretty much, I mean, the, the whole world is feeling it. But I think if you check the website, we've got a running timeline of everything going on in Hollywood that is being basically just halted because of the coronavirus. At this point, it's literally everything. Well, cause I, you were pissed. I remember when you walked in that day and I told you that. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> when, when I told you that No Time to Die got pushed from April to November. November. You looked at me like, dog, are you for real? I was going to fight you. Like you were wrong. <laughs> I was going to fight you just for being the messenger. I'm sorry. I mean, I, we. this is the stuff we have to be aware. I mean, it's what? It's No Time to Die. Fast 9 got pushed to April of next year. Okay. You know, that sucks. Um, From what I understand, I think the date it got pushed to was the date that Fast 10 was supposed to come out, and they've not sorted out what's going to happen with Fast 10 yet. That's crazy. Well, maybe it'll be a two-in-one year like The Matrix. That'd be lit. (laughs) Fucking, I had No Time to Die tickets in my inbox already. That's nuts. Like, I got the full Fandango refund on that. They never do that. They gave you a refund for it? Yeah, but even with, like, you know, if you buy online, there's the service charge that you can't get back if you refund. That's crazy. Like, yeah, here's the service charge. It's an L, you know. <laughs> you know, everything from Stranger Things to Atlanta, anything basically that's being worked on in terms of television, it's it's quiet. It's quiet for them at least until the end of March, let alone, you know, sometime in April. Yeah, well, something's hit harder, though. Like, something that's been not delayed, but in a holding pattern as long as Atlanta, like, it's kind of distressing to see that go on hold because you never know how Donald Glover's schedule is going to change again. Yeah, especially since he dropped a whole album. Yeah, right. <laughs> he, he moved on real quick. <laughs> Something like uh, New Mutants. Like, is that movie ever going to come out now? For, with, with all of the delays for production and, you know, the whole uh, the Disney Fox buyout. Yeah, it, poor it, movie. It, it seems so bleak. But I mean, at, at one point they said they were going to drop it on Hulu. So maybe they need to just do that. That's what uh, that's what Hulu did with Big Time Adolescence. That was supposed to hit theaters and then hit Hulu this week. But they said, you know, fuck that. We're going to drop Hulu. We're going to drop theaters at the same time. Not like anybody can go to the theater anyway, though. Uh, speaking of big time adolescence, if you are looking for things to watch while you're on self quarantine, social distancing, et cetera, et cetera, uh, that made our new um, new heat of the week. Last yeah, best week. of the week. Yeah, shouts out Pete Davidson. It's definitely worth a, a stay at home watch. I think. Facts. I think uh, one of one of the biggest <laughs> things that hit us was uh, word that succession. Oh my god! I don't I don't know where they were in the production. That one hurts the most. I don't know, because that would have been what? That, that's been hitting around like the summer, if I'm not mistaken. Honestly, the hunt got lucky. The hunt lucked out. The hunt yeah. lucked out. One, I th- one more week and it would have been in the same boat as New Mutants. And it, which would have been sad because that had that was supposed to come out last year and it already got pushed back because of, there was beef with Trump and there was the whole, uh, I think there was a mass shooting right before it was supposed to come out. So. Yeah, that I mean, I don't know what that did from from what I was reading. This is the worst weekend for the box office since 9-11. Crazy. Which is nuts. I mean, it was I from what the estimates were saying was maybe like a million dollars underneath like the 58 or 59 million that came that weekend back in 2001. But I mean, at this point, at least in New York and L.A., they're like, yo, 
either cut the, at first they were saying cut the capacity in half. And now they're saying just close the whole theater. Sad. Well, so what do we think theaters are going to do? Like I've seen people tweeting about pay-per-view options, but that seems unrealistic. Yeah. I I think it's going to depend on the distributor. Like a 24 has done a lot of video on demand. I, a, a lot of their smaller horror stuff was hitting like direct TV and a lot of these other subscription services in, in, over in the past couple of years, they've been doing that. Um, so I could see smaller outlets doing things like that or like pushing up their, their Hulu release, their Netflix release earlier, because if, if literally nobody can go to the theaters within the next month or so, it, it, it's like you waste, I don't want to say you wasted all that money, but it's like you're not going to see any return if something's hitting theaters that quickly. We're all stuck inside. And I think um, getting back to Rona, Oof. one of the cases that made people really sit up and start taking it seriously was when it started hitting celebrities and America's dad, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Is he our dad or dad, Tom Hanks or Uncle Hanks? I think he's everybody's dad. I think he's old enough and been around enough to to be everybody's father. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, man. Yeah. They were in Australia shooting a movie. Yeah. Doing a, I believe it's Baz Luhrmann's Elvis biopic. Uh, And uh, uh, Tom Hanks is going to be playing the Colonel. I believe it's Elvis's longtime manager, but that was that night. Cause it was like NBA. There was something, uh, uh, there, there were a couple things that were, it was like five things that were basically deaded because of the Rona and, you know, Tom Hanks is still here, but you know, he, getting that information lumped in with everything else was pretty damn tragic. Pretty damn Definitely tragic. Feel real. Uh, thankfully, Chet Hayes weighed in <laughs> to let us know that they're, quote, not tripping. So. They're not tripping. Like, is that a direct quote? Was that Tom Hanks like, yo, fam, we're not tripping. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Well, we, we, we could probably talk more Rona stuff all day. But again, go to the website, complex.com. We've got a running feature on how coronavirus is impacting Hollywood. Um, grab some Kleenex. You're going to, you know, have to figure out your social calendar. Although all of us are just going to be at home anyway. Shit. We're, we're not even face to face right now, which is sad, but that's how the podcast gets made. Um, one of my favorite interviews is up next. Thankfully this went down pre-Rona. Yeah, we, we had a uh, right before the Rona touchdown in America heavyweight. Uh, we had a couple of a couple of heaters in the in the chamber to uh, record, and one of them was with Pamela Adlon. Uh, what if you're not watching Better Things on FX right now? You're playing yourself. Uh, she's star writer, director, producer. Um, you but she's been like saying all of that is crazy. But I mean, then when you realize that. Her voiceover work is crazy. Like she was Bobby in King of the Hill. You have heard her a lot of places, way more than you've seen her probably. Even facts, like you probably don't even realize. Hell, I think it was on a recent episodes of This Is Us. People heard her as the psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's um, Randall Sterling K. Brown's character. She's his. He goes to a shrink for the first time, and the device of that episode is that the camera stays on him. Facts. Facts. But I mean. Anyone who's ever seen anything with Pam in it, you know, that voice is distinct. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, we uh, and, and, you know, we get into a little, we get into a lot of that talk. I mean, her, her, her compliments to Sterling K. Brown are amazing. Um, it's kind of funny that it sounds like he she actually wanted him to be on better things. I won't spoil who he was going to play for fans of the show, but she wanted him on the show early. It ended up not happening. So it's cool that they're able to now have this, you know, arc and storyline within this new season of This Is Us to play around in. And funny enough, she flamed me <laughs> for not being Rona cautious. Yeah. She <laughs> well, all right. So, so I walk into the room, you guys already have an inside joke waiting to spring on me. When she came, from what I understand, she when she walked into the office, because she has a thing where she doesn't use like plastic bottles and stuff. So people saw her in, shouts out Carissa, they saw her in our kitchen like 
using her elbow to put water into her water bottle. When she came to the to the room, you hadn't been there yet. So me and her are talking. She's like, no shaking hands, no shaking hands. You know, I've been on this kick of, you know, trying to stay cleanly. But now that, uh, you know, COVID-19's out here, everybody doesn't want to shake hands now. So we were talking about that. And I'm like, God damn it. Frazier's going to walk into this room <laughs> and try and shake her hand and she's going to go crazy. And sure enough, so so i walked in and then she had been out of the room and she walked back in Mm -hmm. and then i i I stick out my hand to her and her publicist and they all just like look at you and point and laugh like oh this must be crazy i'm like what did i miss (laughs) it was amazing it was i knew it i knew that shit was gonna happen couldn't have been you know better scripted um again better things it's it's high on our list i don't remember where it listed on the end of the year but i had to make the executive decision last year during our mid-year uh best of 2019 it the show is that the show is that impeccable it's one of those shows where you know it's a little offbeat but it's still showing you how real life is it's really mirrored after pamela's own life you know she's a single mother of three daughters she has a you know her her Mom lives like next door, like right down the street or what have you. Um, she's an actress in the show who does a lot of voiceover work. Um, but being able to, yeah, it's got like real indie sensibilities. And I think right. you're, you're able to, see, as she's taken on more responsibility for the show, you're able to see more of that as the show goes on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's got like a dreamlike quality while also being like super realistic. Facts. We, that and, makes sense. And, and, well, and that's a thing that's happening a lot now, you're, especially with, you know, more FX shows. You're seeing that happen more. But I think even though hers has a dreamlike, you know, quality, like, as you mentioned, I think it still feels more grounded than some of these oh, other shows. Sure. Um, yeah. It almost feels unscripted. No, big facts, big facts. I mean, especially when, you know, and, and again, she talks about, you know, classic actresses like uh, Cree Summer, another, you know, voiceover vet who's also done her thing in front of the camera. She's able to pull these lifelong friends that she's had, these people that she's really wanted to work with and bring them into the show. Um, again, she talks about that. She talks about just, you know, her experience becoming the central figure on this show, um, both creatively and, you know, behind the scenes. Um we get into a lot. We get into a lot with this interview. Without further ado, I know you guys are probably propped up at home anyway with, with content that you need to, to ingest. So we got you. Here's our conversation with Pamela Adlon after this break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I usually, I usually just advise people to sit back a little farther. Uh-huh. A little, yeah, something like that is probably easier. I just don't do headphones. I don't yeah. do headphones yeah. either. Okay, I think we're, we're anti-headphones in here yeah. like, for the most me part. Me too. Just makes things a lot easier. This is what the 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 uh, old school BO people, they would do like this. <laughs> see, if you cup, cup your ears, cup your other way. You see, open oh. your hand, cup. Cup your fingers, close your fingers, and now talk. Hello, 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 hello. hello. Oh, wow. Yeah, it makes a lot stereo, more sense. Stereo, 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 stereo. Wow. We're learning. We're learning a lot today. There Already. you go. Are we rolling? <laughs> yes! We've only been doing this podcast since, like, the middle of November. And oh, wow. we made a list early of, like, people we want to have, you know, for whatever. Off the top. Off the top. No way. And... I know I don't know like I don't know how word travels about what we do on our site, but what you've been doing with Better Things for me personally has been one of my favorite things of the last four years. Um, so I'm gracious to have you come in, you know, spend some time with us today. I really appreciate it. Oh my it. god, you're on the list. On the list. On the list. Yes. I'm, I mean, you're on the list primarily for Better Things, but I mean, hell, you have won an Emmy for your voice work. You yep. know what I mean? You were in Bumblebee. I and, know. <laughs> but but before we get into anything, and this is totally not how we normally intro the show, but I didn't. He's the fan of This Is Us. 
I oh, didn't yeah. realize that you were just featured on, and apparently are going to be a part You're on tonight, of the show. Right? Am I? I? I don't even. I. I, I, I think don't know today what, is Tuesday. Today, the, the day we're recording is Tuesday. Okay. Yes. Yeah. We're, so then you are on tonight's episode. <laughs> oh. Oh my God. Were you a fan well, of This Is Us? Like, how does tonight we'll actually see your face? Yeah. <laughs> I saw your face. You, you saw. That. You saw. Didn't they reveal me at, at the, the end? At right. the end. Yeah. Yeah. Just, okay. Okay. So so this is what happened. Um, a few years ago, I get a call that um, Sterling chose me to do actors on actors wow like the pbs show mm -hmm. and i didn't know uh the show and um i mean the actors on actors and i didn't know this is us okay. so then they sent me a bunch of dvds and i'm like i don't even know how to use a dvd <laughs> anymore um so then i watched the first episode and I felt like somebody threw a shoe in my throat and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and, and then I watched the second episode and I said, I can't watch any more of these. I'm trying to write a comedy right now because <laughs> um, it was so intense. Mm -hmm. um, so then Sterling and I sat down and we had this incredible conversation and he was like a super fan from way back, like Bobby Hill mm -hmm, was his mm -hmm thing yeah and from californication and then the the louis stuff mm -hmm. he he loved a lot of like my past stuff yeah and um so i told him that i he was going to be mel trueblood in the brown episode of better things uh, yeah. which lenny kravitz ended up mm -hmm. playing mm -hmm. and so I was out to Lenny. Lenny and I grew up together, mm -hmm. and uh, you know he's on rock star hours, and he lives like uh, in some place <laughs> in a land far, far away. Mm -hmm. And we were waiting for Lenny to get back to us, and we were about to pull the trigger on Sterling, and then my phone lights up, and it's Lenny FaceTiming me, and he goes, "Yo, let's do it!" And I was uh. like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> and so then I told Sterling that day that he was going to be my choice for, for Mel. Ah, okay. Um, and so we had a great time. Then I was shooting this season um, of Better Things, season four, and uh, uh, I get a call that Dan Fogelman wants to talk to me and that he and Sterling talked about me playing this part. Mm -hmm. And so Fogelman gets on the phone with me and he's like, okay, so you know the whole thing about Randall? I'm like, no. And he's like, okay, this is the thing. And he just like goes through this huge explanation of, of the show and the time jumping and this and that. And he said, so basically you don't say a lot. You're going to be his therapist and it's going to be him looking at you. And then at the end, we're going to reveal it to you. I'm like, Okay, you never see me till the end, and I have hardly any lines. I'm in! <laughs> Perfect job. <laughs> exactly. And I I really wanted to do it because I have such a special place in my heart for Sterling. Mm -hmm. I did before. Okay. I did these episodes. Now, he is... Uh, I'm going to cry. He uh -oh. is the hands-down best actor I have ever worked with wow. in my life. Like, I can't... I'm getting emotional because I cannot believe what he did wow oh man it was huge that's amazing and um so i don't want to spoil when does this air this would be in two weeks so. okay so maybe it will already have aired uh, can you guys make sure because then i'll if say not some, we'll cut I'll it say out some yeah. shit right now <laughs> i mean if, if, if you want to are you cool with, uh, he's the, i don't care he doesn't like spoilers but if he okay, says it's cool it's not going to spoil it for you but this this was the most incredible thing to me like i've been doing so better things season four airs like day after tomorrow right me doing one episode of this is us was like huge. The biggest and thing in the world. Generated so much attention and it was like it got everybody so jiped up. Um, but what Sterling and I, what we did, it was a two hander. Mm -hmm. So basically, it was a play mm. and it was the two of us. And uh, I just can't, I can't say enough about what he did. And, you know, it was incredibly serious, incredibly intense. And so for the first half of the day, I'm like, okay, hello, sir. I'm being like very <laughs> formal. Like, I don't want to fuck around. I don't want to play. Yeah. I just, you know, want to be very respectful to Sterling. And then finally halfway through, I was like, Randall, I'm not a neurologist. I was like, I'm a fuckologist. Oh, wow. I, no, I, I had to start messing around and Sterling was dying. So I started messing around. <laughs> 
and Sterling still mm. every single take. On he it. is a beast. Beast. That's amazing. Rivers, rivers of tears. Like That's I sick. Yeah. I've never seen somebody so I'm not sure he's human. Uh, yeah. I believe it. But yeah. he is the most human person in the world. That's amazing. So, yeah, That's amazing. Cal, you gotta watch. I guess I have to, I mean, I loved him in Waves. Last year's Waves was, he was oh, amazing I in that. Oh, I have to see Waves. You, you told yeah. me Very about good. it. Yeah, it's a really good film. Really yeah. good film. Him and uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr. who plays his son. He oh. might, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, you've, You've risen the level on, on what people think about Sterling just now, but Calvin is like as an emerging actor. Oh, wow! He's, he's they they have a couple scenes where they go toe to toe, and it's really intense. Wow! Really intense. I can't wait. Highly highly recommend. Maybe you know, grab your grab your girls. You know, have a have a family. A, a very it's heavy, a big family. It's a heavy family. Heavy movie. emotional film, but you know, a we good like one. that. We yeah. like to feel things. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, hey, speaking of better, th- we've lucky enough to get some screeners i spent oh, most of good. my day yesterday going through i think i got through four i watched five i think i got they gave us oh, six. you guys didn't get to new orleans is that no six? yeah that's six, six. that's Damn. six third season of you producing directing writing starring has it gotten easier this you know what around? it it this season i was just in the pocket mm. you know i it from writing it to um, putting out drafts, to prep, pre-production, production. I was like looking around, spitting, poo poo poo, going, wait, is this easy now? Mm-hmm. Like, God forbid, like I had to get through uh-huh. and I never want to like be a short timer and count the days. How mm-hmm. many more days do we have? You know, we're block shooting. So it's, uh, we're doing pieces of up to six to eight episodes a day. We're shooting, you know, 10 uh, plus pages a day. We mm-hmm. shoot one episode in four days. Wow. So That's bringing huge. up This Is Us is a great example because I saw the scenes that we were doing and, and my call time was like 6 a.m. I was like, oh, I'm out of here by 1030. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we... we they were like, you want to look at the lunch menu? And I was like, oh, no, that's cool. I'm not going to be here. <laughs> 7.30 that <laughs> night, we were wrapped. I was like, oh, my God, what wondrous money <laughs> and time you people have in network television. I would, I could not believe That's it. the first time, because yeah. you've been in the game for a while. It's the first time you've really seen something like well, that? Well, I wasn't, I hadn't been doing that because I've been, Doing Bumblebee, mm-hmm. like that was over the course of several months, and we shot it here. We went to Santa Rosa, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, it was such a snap <laughs> of my brain seeing like that kind of care, mm-hmm. and um, that was taken. And I was like, oh, I could do this shit a lot quicker. <laughs> than this. So, well, sign me on for next season. Give me some money, and <laughs> I'll save you some time. I was gonna say, I'd imagine doing both back to back is like going from like an indie set to a blockbuster set. Almost. Oh yeah. Yeah, completely. And, um, you know, it, it was like that. Like, I I had just wrapped uh, season two, I think, of Better Things when I did Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> what is going on? And I'd be sitting in my trailer, like, for an hour, mm-hmm. two hours. I'm like, serious? <laughs> like, what else are you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing here? So it's just... It's a different feeling, like um, doing better things. It feels like when I was, you know, a teenager and in my early 20s, we were run and gun everywhere, mm-hmm. all over, all over town. I would I would always have a camera. I would always uh, we would always say we were film students because we didn't have permits and we'd shoot stuff and, and get stuff done when we did the Madonna Make My Video contest. <laughs> um, we, we stole every single shot, you know? Mm. I'm back to that. Yeah, And yeah. I'm doing my professional show. Like, there is, uh, there are some shots of Dodger Stadium and downtown LA and helicopters in my show that is all stolen. Oh, wow. That was just like, it fell into our laps, like you know. That's amazing. It's that it's that film school mentality, and mm. we're, we're we're like we're. I feel like a kid again, mm. you know, because you're you're hungry, you know, and that's what everybody feels like who mm. comes and works on the show. They're like, you know, I have, you know, I'll uh, I met 
my friend Harrison Page, we did um, San Francisco Sketch Fest, and I called him in to do a part on the show. Mm -hmm. And he walks on the set and he was like, what? Pam, this is all you? When Diedrich came and he shot his first thing, he was mm -hmm. like, wait a second. Are you saying that you're, and I was like, Diedrich, come over here. You wanna see? And he goes, wait, you're gonna let me watch? Wow. Like the playback? <laughs> And then he was watching it, and I remember the day that we were shooting our first Sam and Rich scene, and he said, oh, I get it. You don't want me to do anything. Mm. <laughs> and he said, which is everything, because, you know, we're, we're jugglers, we're doing all our silly stuff throughout the years. It's big, it's, it's this, but it's never like this kind of nuanced subtle thing and i can get that from these like giants and these people um who are known for other things like when i had sharon stone not a flashy part you know what i mean mm -hmm. there was nothing there like no big fish to entice her to come and do it but she was just like a super fan of the show she threw her hat in my ring and i was like i got it Amazing. come up with something for her mm -hmm. and so and she came and it was just like this beautiful subtle placement of this megastar unicorn giraffe and she just lived in that in that world so that's part of the fun of what i get to do was that a similar situation with Matthew Broderick, or were you looking for him for that role in uh, season three? Um, you know, I've known him. Mm -hmm. I've known Matthew since I was 15 years old. Oh, wow. I was with the original company of Brighton Beach Memoirs as an understudy. Mm. I never went on. Wow. We started in L.A., took it to San Francisco. We opened up the Neil Simon Theater in New York that used to be the Alvin. I watched Matthew become a star. Wow. And he had just done war games, mm -hmm. and he just had fairy dust all over him. And he was just this trembling, incredible creature. And every single night, boom, 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 scoring, scoring, and hearing the audience. So it's one of those things like um, when I saw uh, Adina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth in mm -hmm. Wicked. You know, when you see the OGs originating, you're that that's the lightning in the bottle mm -hmm. that you're like, I was there. Yeah. I yeah. saw that. So I've known him since then. And um, we had done a play reading at the roundabout a year before. Mm -hmm. And um, I had written a part for him in season three. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it, same season, mm -hmm. actually, in the play reading. The one with Holly yeah. Taylor and Norm oh. Lewis mm -hmm. and John John and um, and he uh, he didn't end up doing that because I put him in the therapist part, gotcha. which I wrote for Sam Rockwell, but he's always too busy ah, to do my show. That would have been amazing. I know. Well, every Rockwell. time I see him. He looks at me, he's like, oh, big fan. And I'm like, I wrote another part for you. You can do it. <laughs> he's like, keep trying. <laughs> but ha so happily, I got Matthew. And I think really just to have him do that one word John Lithgow impression, which was my favorite thing. Really I just... actually caught that last night. Uh, or like a rerun was on. Yeah. Butterfly. Butterfly. <laughs> Speaking of season three, I... Uh... Due to what we're able to do here, just literally watching TV and talking about TV and movies all the time, yeah. I'm able to watch episodes at work. And I wa one of my favorite moments from season three was in the No Limits episode where you get Frankie and Duke to ha that one minute of just going back and forth yeah. outside the van and Duke just... I can't. I, I wish I knew her lines perfectly because it's her delivery and everything. Now, when she saw <laughs> when she saw that in the script, it was like, okay, this is what you're gonna have to say. Was she taken back? Like, you know, what was she her reaction? She was so hyped up. Her yeah. parents were like, she can't wait. <laughs> she can't wait. And it was just, I gotta tell you, it was it was really fun writing that because that was based on something that. Um, happened to me in my childhood because my brother and I used to fight really bad. I have a big brother and we got into one fight and he would like look at me and my mother would be have her uh, 
she would be facing me and her the back of her head was to my brother and he would circle his finger around his head and go, you're a psycho. Oh, wow. Like to me. And it drove me out of my fucking mind. And so this one day I went to get a fork out of the kitchen and I tried to stab my brother in oh, the my. chest with the fork. Like, you know, I mean, I'm nine. <laughs> I'm nine. Yeah. You know, you could you could blow and I'd fall over. But <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to kill you. And I had the fork. And my mother goes, my children. And she pretended to faint on the floor. And then she said, that's it. I've had it. And she put my brother at one end of the hall and me at the other end. And she said, okay, you, you have five minutes, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. And we literally couldn't get through 30 seconds because we went there. Yeah. And we were dying laughing. Mm-hmm. But I thought it would be really funny if everybody thinks Frankie's so hard, Mm -hmm. if she doesn't say one curse word and that all just shit comes out (laughs) of Duke's mouth. And so I think that's what I I mean. And also like the concept of it to diffuse like Mm -hmm. um, bad energy between two kids. Like it's, it's a cool idea, you know, so. I mean, hopefully people can watch that and learn from it and do it with their kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, let it all out. I mean, I think that's that's kind of why this is, especially as adults, there's situations where it's like when two people are just, it's so static, sometimes people say, you don't want to like have anybody get hurt, but it's like you have to fight. You know, they ha- something has to happen so they can get past that animosity and move on. Um, again, hopefully it doesn't come to blows or, <laughs> you know, coming at each other with knives or something. Yeah. But. Well, it's like... Um, in the fourth episode of this mm-hmm. season, so with me and Max, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, a different kind of fight. Yeah, that was. I, <laughs> and was I, w- I wasn't expecting that to you know resolve on a, a pleasant shocked. note. <laughs> Great scene. I mean, well, it's, thank it's, you. It's I a, love it. It's a very blue show, but that's one of those words where it's like, oh yeah, I I don't touch it. You know what I mean? You, you should. I know. Be, you know, but it was in the context of the situation, and over you know four seasons of it, it's. It's there. It's brimming. It was there. It was like that, um, you know, what Rachel True said last season that, you know, it just boils up and then you got to pop. You got to let the pus out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you mentioned Rachel True and I know you were talking about uh, the use of Cree Summer. Oh, yeah. In the show is... How did that? Is that someone that you were looking to have in the show, or is that someone? Do you know Cree? That's another voice goat. I was going to say. I'm assuming there's connections there. So Cree and I have been friends for probably close to thirty years, Mm -hmm. and O G V O. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so we came up together, and I was with her through all of my pregnancies, and then one day Cree was pregnant. Mm. Like she got pregnant later, but. just one of my favorite people of all time. And so I said to my casting director, Felicia Fasano, um, you got to get Cree in here. And um, she didn't come in for mm. the audition. Wow. She wigged out. Then, then Flea said, come on in. And so she came the next day. And then Cree wrote me this beautiful text saying, my sister, I am so grateful that you got me in that room. I hadn't done this in so long. Mm -hmm. Do you know that she has not been on camera in 25 years? No way. Well, because you figure, I I was a big fan of A Different World, but that you just, I know she was doing music and then you just wouldn't see her. But she was, I I looked at her, uh, her IMDb and it's just, Voice, no, voice, it. voice, voice, but no actual on-screen stuff. 25 years. Wild. Crazy. It's like I discovered Cree Summer. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And it it just, she's so good. Mm-hmm. And she just, she had no no issues, no nerves. Like, it's just, it's all there. And then I was able to put her back in the show this season. And it's just... Um, it's it's really it was a gift for both of us when we did um, when she wrapped season mm-hmm. three when we did that girls night in mm-hmm. with the titty soup and the hot tub and everything <laughs> yeah yeah um, I think we wrapped at like one thirty in the morning she wept on me wow. in the parking lot where uh, at the trucks she just was crying she was saying thank you thank mm-hmm. you thank you you know um, that's that's one of the greatest gifts uh, of my show mm-hmm. is that I get to go call on my 
the people like Diedrich and like Cree and mm. all of the people that I have loved for so long and respected and I get to put them in the show and they're they're the gifts that I get. Mm -hmm. Was that was that something that you had from the beginning where you make wanting to make sure that these particular people were in here at least giving these people these types of opportunities? You know, I wasn't as big of a thinker when I started it. You know, I had to uh, every single year I'm learning more and my muscles are, are getting stronger and I I know what I have now, mm -hmm. you know, and I know about the opportunities I have. I know that the biggest power that I have is the ability to make decisions and that makes everybody feel secure. You know, um, if you can't make a decision then nobody can move forward mm -hmm. and uh, everything stops. So it's like, I want to make my days. I want my crew to be happy and fed. Uh, I want to. I, I want to be able to honor my guest actors that come in. And so I go pie in the sky now. Mm -hmm. I just. I just say, oh, we're gonna get steady rain. Warren Zevon. I mean, I want. Listen, season one. I wanted only women bleed. Like that was my finale. Mm -hmm. And I wrote the episode. It's called Only Women Bleed. I put the song lyrics in there and I still didn't have the song. Wow. So, you know, it's it's those kinds of things that, you know, if you if you think positively and if you shoot for the stars, you're probably gonna get surprised at what you're gonna get. Mm -hmm. It's not always gonna be a no. If you have something to offer, yeah. everybody wants to work and mm -hmm. do good work. 100%. Now, you mentioned Steady Rain. Is that a recurring theme this season intentionally? Mm-hmm, yeah, okay. it was one of the themes that I, that I put it on the board and um, <clears throat> I was very inspired by the rain that we had in LA after we had the fire. fires, mm. fires. It was just, it was scary. And, yeah. and my, f my friend lost her house here and my friend lost her house there. And it was just, um, and then we had to evacuate mm. and I'm standing in my house and I'm looking around at like one painting that's bigger than this room. And I'm like, well, you're gone. Wow, <laughs> Doesn't yeah. matter. And I thought, what can I grab? I don't care about anything. You know what I care about? I get my kids my dogs, I'm gonna get the, the passports, mm -hmm. and my two laptops, done. That's it. There's a moment in, in your life that you sit there and go, what would you grab? Mm -hmm. You know, then I tried to get my mother, who wouldn't fucking come with me, wow. and she's the one who said the fire was near us, and I <laughs> knock on her door, she opens it naked with a shower cap on, and I'm like, bro, you're the one who called me and said there's a fire. I'm taking my own car separately. Wow. And that is why Phil exists some better things. An amazing character. Um, an another thing that I know, you know, talking about the rain and stuff, I recognized it before, but it, it just kept hitting me season four of how much you do cooking in the show. Like there's a lot of mm -hmm. prep and are, are you a, is that you in real life? Well, I, I love to do it. You know, I'm not, I'm not a professional. I'm a home cook. Mm. Uh, that's my OT. That's the thing that relaxes me mm -hmm. because it's like you're making something and there's a means to an end and, and, it's the it's the way I can give to my family. It's mm -hmm. the way I, I show love to them, and uh, for me, I just I'm I'm I zone out. Um, I don't I don't want to talk to anybody. I just like to do it, and so um, putting it in the show, uh, it, it's very satisfying, you mm -hmm. know. And, and it really started for me with making the lasagna and the layers in season two, and, mm -hmm. and intercutting it with the orchestra. Um, and then, uh, so I do the scenes, and then after the scene is done, I'll get all the ingredients and I'll cook, and they'll shoot it. Oh, okay. And we'll put like a cool flare in the kitchen, and I'll do the salt, and then, you know, it's, it's extremely satisfying. And, you know, watching food cooking and watching somebody that you relate to cooking it will maybe make you think, oh, I think I could do that. I think yeah, I want to make yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a terrible cook. I don't I don't get in the kitchen at all. Thank God, knock on wood, thank God I got my wife, you know what I mean? But, poo, uh, poo, poo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. noticed that. What was the episode? <laughs> the owl. And cause oh, it, yeah. Cause you, I mean, you, 
all four of you are great with these. Uh, you know, it's like it's like little inside jokes. It's things that happen in families, but the more you see it, as, and I think the key to better things is nobody's talking about it. You know what I mean? These yeah, are just, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a very lived-in family. It's the same thing with uh, with the statue, the boy statue at yeah. the top of the steps. Everybody's touching it. Yeah. Yep. No word why. We're it, not talking about it. Is that because I, I read that you said that a lot of the art was your own personal stuff. Yeah. That's is that statue one of yours or is that something that was brought on the show? That was something that was brought on season one. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean in in the pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the pilot. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know you can if if you pay attention, the pilot, which is actually episode one of season one. Mm-hmm was shot in a totally different house than episode two um, because we couldn't use the pilot house for the series. So you'll see the stairs are different, the rooms are different, um, and then we ended up building the house season three and four. Mm -hmm. So that's a set, but it's gorgeous. I mean, the craftsmanship is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, the art changed. You know, I got another piece of art for season two, and I got a few more in season three, and I changed the whole wall mm. for season four, and I just laid it out in mm. a cool way, and mm-hmm. it's just like, there's there's Easter eggs all over the show, all the time, mm. and I started keeping a list of Easter eggs, like uh. um, David Cho, the artist, mm-hmm. he did my production card at the end, Slam Book. There's also two pieces of his in the house on the show. And actually the last scene of episode one with Sam and Rich when Rich is crying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I call that a four shot because it's Rich and he's under the the transvestite, Diane Arbus, Mm -hmm. um, the painting of the photo. And I'm under the David Cho face. And um, I put David in season three. Okay. He's in the the store, and also, do you know DJ Suede, the remix god? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Suede is in there too. <laughs> That's He's crazy. The guy selling balloons because they both like years ago. David was like, "Make me like uh, a Korean shop uh, liquor store owner or whatever," and I was like, "Okay, bro, whatever." Um, and so I ended up having this weird janky little scene. And so I put DJ Suede at the register, and David is buying the stuff for Easter. Uh, and he's like, a fat carrot, a bunny smelling a carrot. And I'm like, this scene is so weird. <laughs> and I have two guys who are both really not actors, and they're both, you know, giants in their own right, mm-hmm. what they do. And it worked out, it was just like this observational scene. And then um, David goes up to, to DJ Suede and he's like is there a protocol for driving with balloons and and Suede's like well that all depends on you and how you drive know what I'm saying and Sam's just looking at them and she's like "Mm." that works but that's like kind of an example of something that was cut from the script originally and then I kept putting it back in Mm -hmm. and then we found room on the day to shoot it at the Vine American Party store Mm -hmm. and it's just this lovely little moment. Yeah. How the hell do you get in contact with DJ Suede? I feel like that would be someone that wouldn't be on a show like Better Things, but let alone like you know be in your sphere. Um, I don't know. I'm you know I became aware of him because I started seeing his mix-ups and his videos and then all all of his uh, beats. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I commented and then he commented back and then he made one. Uh, um, better things mix. Yes, nice. it's incredible. It's, it, it, he made one from when the girls came upstairs and said, "Where are you going, mom?" And I say, "Bitch, I'm going to the moon." <laughs> and he did a whole, "Bitch, I'm going to the moon, 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 moon." And it's incredible. And That's I awesome. went bananas. Yeah. So and and now we're really blessed to know each other. Mm. Uh, I adore him. That's great. Now uh, we're four years in now. How crazy has it been for you as a TV mom to watch your TV daughters grow up now? You see, like, Olivia's went from toddler to, like, I know. full little adult now. She's putting makeup uh, on. Like, what is that? I know. Did, Mikey in the freaky? Tarantino yeah. movie. I know. Oh that scene God. will freak out yes. some people. Yeah. Yep. 
you know, um, I think it's weirder for people who are binge watching the show mm. because you're seeing them change like on the day. Mm. But for me, it's it's like when I see my kids' friends and I haven't seen them for a while. My my own kids, I see them and I'm like, um, I you don't notice. But then there was one day that I looked at Rocky, my youngest, she just turned 17, and I went, oh, she just grew up. It was just overnight. Like that. And it catches up to you, and you just go, oh, this is the next phase. Yeah, yeah. The baby just went away. And so, I mean, that's that's the kind of thing that's incredible. But, yeah, for me, I, I see them every year. I'm like, okay, String Bean, let's go. <laughs> yeah. You've mentioned four seasons in. Do you think about how long you want to be, you know, doing this in terms of directing, producing, starring, writing this series? Well, I want to do it as long as it's, you know, uh, something that that works, that works going forward. I don't want to replay the same thing. Um, But things are always different anyway when you have the family and I always feel like this show is like five generations even though it's the three girls the grandma and Sam Mm -hmm. the three girls all seem like their own separate generation to me yeah you know and then um, the kind of bringing in all the friends and the layers of their stories um, you know and then Sam's brother I mean you got Greg Cromer the no Jeff no truck guy who's yeah. like a genius, mm-hmm. and I don't know why he's not a, like a huge superstar now. And and Kevin Pollock, you know, you put a joint in his hand and he'll just say <laughs> something like he. It was his ad lib. He was like, um, uh, "God, I used to be able to smoke ten joints. Now one hit and I'm a dolphin." You know, I mean, just the gold that comes out of his mouth. Perfect. He's like, "Why can't I feel my hair?" You know. So those are. <laughs> Those those are the things that are, it's 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 not in your face and it's not a big blow and a button all the time, mm. and so it's just a different way of telling uh, the stories in in a regular world, mm. you know that's not so structured. Do you? I mean, now that you've been again doing all of this directing, do you ever think about directing projects outside of Better Things? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I I. I can't do too much else when I'm in production. So right right now, I just wrapped the finale. I locked the whole season um, last week. Mm -hmm. So that's great. after I'm done here, I'm in celebration mode. For a <laughs> I was minute. wondering, yeah, like what, what, what's your what's your plans for you know post press run and everything? Um, Sleep. I'm going to Disneyland. No. <laughs> um, yeah, just just being with my kids and and, but I do have other projects that mm. that I I started. You know, um, you gotta always keep irons in the fire. That's what my dad taught me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, I have uh, I'm. A girl I went to school, high school with, I have an option on her book, and we're going to make that into a movie. Oh, that's nice. awesome. And I have other projects that I'm developing for FX. Oh. So, you know, I'm, I would love to do more better things, but I also need to do other things. Diversify. Yeah. Right. I, I, I mean, hearing that Diversify. you're going <laughs> <laughs> to do more with FX is great to, like, we're, that's peak, you know, in terms of, yeah. of, of TV networks right now. Um TV Rushmore. Facts. What's it like working with them? I mean, I'm assuming their relationship's great at this point. Like, you're just kind of whatever. I think FX is like the Tom Hanks of networks. Mm. Because, you know, everybody says he's the best guy in the world, Mm. you know. Um, I know for a fact that nobody else would have done this show Mm -hmm. with me. Nobody would have uh, taken a chance, invested their energy into me, uh, believed in me, uh, developed me as a director, um, because I'm, I'm a tired old lady. Like, why would anybody want to have a show about me, want to put that much um, faith in me as a showrunner, director? So it's just been incredible 
the the feedback I get from them. I don't get pages and pages of notes. You hear all this about networks and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you you there's no way to nurture somebody's vision um, unless you stay the fuck away from them. Mm-hmm. Like you know that's what happened with Donald and Stephen in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know um, if they were anywhere else, like I mean. You, you have to be able to have this clean kind of um, space to work in. And so for me, when they give me notes, it's, it's never a mandated note. It's if they give me a note, it'll make me dig my heels in and say, I think I made the right decision. This is, this is the right thing. Or, you know what? I think I could change that. That actually makes it better. Mm. That's the best kind of collaboration. Um, John Langraff, who runs FX. He was raised by a single mom and I never knew that until a couple of years ago. And so, um, you know, he's a brilliant kind of rogue visionary guy. He's an anti-executive and, and, uh, they've just, it's, I, I can't tell you like what it feels like to be here when I, I probably would be like just waiting for any kind of job. You know what I mean? And I and I wish and you guys are young. And what I would say to people who are young is like, don't be so myopic and think you can only do one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because even though I was doing all different kinds of things, I never saw myself doing it all and making money at it and and succeeding. And that's why it it's like I finally hit it big at 50, which is crazy. But you know, I was raising three girls by myself, and mm. and but I never stopped working. I always had a work ethic, and you know, uh, my parents lost everything. They went bankrupt, and um, the bank took their house. They had an estate sale. They sold all the belongings that I grew up with for like a dollar, like for all the plates, for all of this and that, and and. Um, you know, so I, I don't ever want to get to that place. Like, I remember when my dad was, when I was, um, uh, like, early 20s, um, I went over to visit him, and I moved out when I was 18, and and he was down, and I said, what's the matter? And he said, um, I have to tell you something. I feel really bad. He said, I sold the rugs. And I said, what? And so they basically, they were the Orientals. That's what they mm. called them. He had two, one for me and one for my brother. And that was like our safety net. Mm-hmm. And I said, Dad, it, does, oh, it makes me want to cry. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? Um, I said, they were there for you, for right now. Mm-hmm. You needed them. But what I didn't know is that when I was working as a kid, that was supporting my parents too. So, I, I mean, that's just something that was ingrained in me like you gotta keep working you gotta keep going well shit i wish we could keep going with this conversation um but (laughs) i I thank you for coming through pamela i really appreciate it um season four better things thursday nights on on fx uh damn hopefully we get hear more word about season five whatever the hell else you're going to be working on yep the the, adlon cinematic universe yes and 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 what i mean your daughter's doing some big things too i I didn't realize she's in blockers Yeah. yeah yeah Gideon and Odessa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Odessa's in a, a show called Grand Army coming up, and uh, she was in Fam. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Gideon's doing season two of The Society, Society on Netflix. Yeah. Yep. Shit, that's that's her shit. I love it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> They're all so good. Yeah. Do you know like all of them are Australian except for Gideon? It's that's crazy. crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, Pamela, thank you for coming through. Thank Greatly you guys so it. much. Cal, would you say that's a bucket list interview of ours? Yes. Um, you mentioned it, I think, in passing with other people, but how nervous I was oh, go- going into it. Uh, I think in terms of creatives, she's one of the people who I've been the biggest fan of. And it's cool to have an outlet like this where we're able to talk to these people about what they're doing and not have to worry about, oh, you know, five more minutes or, you know, two more questions. or Like, we got a really good amount of time to have a real conversation with her about her craft. So, yeah, if, if we don't do any more interviews, I'm good. Shouts out, Pamela, for coming through and being amazing. 
Yeah, I'm glad you said that because it's more like, you know, obviously we could interview her over the phone or even in person, but I think there are certain people who you don't get like the same effect Word. if it's in one of those formats, like podcast format. Like she's just such a warm conversational person. Yes. Big favorite. Big favorite. Uh, Thursday nights on FX, season four, Better Things. Uh, <laughs> we've gotten to watch the screeners and there's some good stuff. There's some good stuff. She mentioned uh, the New Orleans episode. That's a good one. That'll be I coming still up. I watch that one. Yeah, it's, I, I watched it the other day. It's 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 coming up. It's 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 set entirely in New Orleans and it's cool to see her because she's really good at capturing a vibe. You know what I mean? You really right. get to see the how she sees what's amazing about new Orleans. It kind of, it's, it's interesting that have that as well as uh films like the photograph that, that dabble in that, that world as well. But I think uh, given more time, the photograph could have done more, but so it was cool to see Pamela get down there and really be able to sink her teeth into the culture down there. Well, you know what I was thinking about too? Uh, we are credibly day one fans. Yeah, big facts. Big like facts. We were watching this as soon as it hit early i mean i don't want to get into why i was ready for this but I, you know i've i've seen her in things over the years and i've been a big fan of her over the years so when fx said hey pamela's got a show it's like oh word what time what night i'm watching fx hardest network out facts shouts shouts out fx fx on hulu none of this is sponsored but if you know us you know why you need to be watching these shows listen you're laid up you have no excuse to not be out yeah, facts. And and I want to say this. I mean, we love interacting with people. I wish people had different conversations other than what should I watch? It's, oh, my God. It's, <laughs> for people, and the show's called Watch Less, but I, and I know Frazier gets on me like, why the hell are you watching this stuff? I try and watch as much as I can so I can give people informed opinions here and on the site, I kind of wish people would just listen and read and not have to come with the, oh, so what should I watch? So I can try and understand their realm of, you know, entertainment ingestion to figure out what exactly would be the perfect pick for them. I don't think people understand just what should I watch is the vaguest. Yes. Most annoying <laughs> question ever. Like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's too much TV. There's too much going on for us to be you like. You got to give me some parameters here. Facts. Facts. What, what are you into? And then the other thing is, like, if someone comes with a dud of like, oh, you know, I love rom-coms. Well, you know, go watch Netflix. There's a lot of whack rom-coms if you want to watch them anywhere. But, you know, it's hard to be like, well, here's this one amazing thing that's going to be then, perfect for you. Then I got to think about what you have seen, what you haven't seen. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's too much. You know, you know what the wave is? Find something. It's never been easier to search things on like any streaming service what you have. Find something and then ask me my opinion on it. 100%. Or be That's like, what I prefer. It's it's find something. It's find, like, who's your favorite actor? And then we can look back at what, what they're actually been in. Like, if you love Mark Wahlberg, hey, there's a film on Netflix right now for you to start checking out. But, you well, know. I don't know about that. One. I, I mean, Hey, you know, if I'll say this. If you're a fan of Mark Wahlberg, you know what you're getting when you press play. You feel me? I mean, uh, I'd sooner point them to like four brothers, maybe. Talk about oh, a lot of people don't know. So, you know, you got to pull those uh, those rabbits out of your hats every now and again. I think that's going to do it for us this week. Fraser, thank you for for bearing the the self quarantine and the work from home to uh to hop on the line real quick. I mean, I'm in my monogram robe right now. It's not the yo. <laughs> I saw. Shouts out to the uh, time and memorial. It's an Instagram account about uh they do like Matt Soprano's memes and they showed they did a bunch of me uh, images of Tony in a robe when he was at like the Waldorf or whatever, having the fever dream. And I'm like, shit, that's what I'm missing. I need a fire robe right now. Now's the time. It's, it's the only, I'm, I'm have, once we're done, I'm going to have to hit up Amazon and see uh, what I can get quickly and then really invest in a fire robe. Um, Again, thank you for listening. As always, thank you to Pamela Adlon for everything you do, but also for, you know, checking us out and providing us with an amazing interview. Uh, if you rock with Watch Less, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and like, comment, rate, subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We're dropping every Wednesday, whether the Rona's got the world in, in a chokehold or not. 
Um, if you want to get more in on the conversation, we're on Twitter and IG at Complex Pop. You know, let us know what you're liking. Let us know what you're not liking. Um, and come with us. If you want some recommendations, come with us with a little uh, information about you and what you like so we can uh, better assist you. Uh, for Frazier, I'm Cal advising you as always to wash your hands, stay <laughs> safe, tune in and watch less. <laughs> Peace. And for Watch Less, our producer is Taliba Newman. Our sound engineer is Craig Clayton. Mixing done by Jasmine Plata. Our editor-in-chief is Damian Scott. Our director of operations is Jen Stewart. Watch Less is a production of the Complex Podcast Network. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.